Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the Yards After College podcast. Happy to be back with you this week to be able to discuss the first and opening week of the 2020 NFL season. Can't believe it's here, guys. Uh, I'm excited for it. We had some college football this last weekend, and that was that was fun to see. But now we're, we're talking about professional football, right? And we're talking about all 32 NFL teams. We're not talking about, you know, the NFC West division who's not playing. They're sitting out. You know, the AFC East is saying, you know, we, we're not we're not comfortable with things. No, we've got all 32 NFL teams playing this week. And I'm excited for that because we're we're gonna see everybody at the top of their game. Obviously, there's gonna be, you know, some differences. There's gonna be fan limitations. And obviously there's players that have chosen to sit out this season, but I'm excited. I'm excited because we've got some awesome local players that we're gonna be able to talk about, uh, some really interesting, you know, matchups and rookies that, you know, have opportunity to play this season. And and I'm excited to be able to break that all down with you. Uh, on this Yards After College podcast. Again, you can follow me on social media. My name is Kyle Ireland, at Kyle Ireland on Twitter, at Kyle Ireland KSL on Instagram. And then you can follow KSL Sports at KSL Sports on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we've also got a TikTok out there. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be able to put out some interesting stuff this NFL season. Uh, we're going to have highlights covered for you on Sportsbeat, and uh, I'm just excited to break it all down with you. But I want to get started off today before we welcome in our first guest of the podcast in the history of the show. Uh, I'm excited to welcome in later in the show Sam Farnsworth of KSL Sportsbeat. Uh, he's an NFL extraordinaire. He covered the Denver Broncos in the market, uh, in the Denver market, that is. And uh, I'll have Sam on. We're going to break down some preseason picks, talk about who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. Some really fun stuff. I had Sam on the podcast for about 45 minutes for a deep conversation in the NFL, and we'll play that for you coming up in a little bit. But wanted to start things off today talking about some of the cuts that we previewed a week ago on the podcast. On Saturday, the NFL was... Uh, you know, up for its mandatory cut of 53 men on the active roster. And so a number of local players found some movement in their NFL futures based off of the the moves that were made on Saturday. And so a number of players ended up being cut and also picked up on practice squads. So you saw guys like Tyler Huntley, a former Utah quarterback who was cut from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, ended up clearing waivers, and now he's a member of the Baltimore Ravens practice squad, still able to you know, sit back and learn from John Harbaugh, uh, learn from you know, an MVP and Lamar Jackson. Uh, so it's a good spot for him. Uh, a number of guys uh, from the BYU program, uh, 
pair of brothers, Corbin Kafusi, Bronson Kafusi. They were both cut by the Jets, uh, ended up re-signing with them as members of their practice squad. Uh, we've got Jackson Barton, who won a ring last season with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's now a member of the New York Giants. Um, a couple of guys from Weber State, Jonah Williams and Sua Opeta. They were both now members of the practice squads for the Los Angeles Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, respectively. And uh, so there was a lot of movement this weekend. A lot of guys that you know were cut uh, now are members of practice squads. But there's also some movement with guys like Matt Gay, who was the Tampa Bay kicker last year. And now he's sitting as a free agent uh, after clearing waivers. And he, he's waiting to find out where his next home is. So... We're going to keep an eye on a lot of these guys, um, taking a look and seeing where they they find their landing spots over the next few days, weeks into the NFL season. Because I have a feeling that you know a guy like Matt Gay, for instance, who you know has had some consistency issues with shorter kicks, but has really been a powerhouse when it comes to fifty yarders, right? And so I, I imagine that he gets picked up by an NFL team here in the coming weeks. But uh, we'll have all these guys covered for you on the podcast. Uh, don't want to really dive too much into some of these roster moves just because I know that you guys are, are here to talk about some football. You're here to talk about the games, and, and we're going to preview that with Sam here up on the other side. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side with Sam. We're going to talk about who we think are going to be the MVPs of the league who is going to be the offensive players, the defensive players to look out for, not only on the NFL as a whole, but also these local guys. We want to talk about the local MVPs, the local rookie of the year to watch out for. So I'm going to I'm going to have that conversation with Sam on the other side. After our conversation with Sam, we're going to come back and we're going to wrap things up, talk about the opening week of the NFL. We'll have that on the other side after this quick break. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. We're now pleased to be joined by, you know, just an NFL uh, expert, I would say. Uh, somebody who's, you know, covered the league multiple years, uh, been in the Denver market, knows the Broncos super well, and that's uh, KSL Sports Beat Sam Farnsworth. Sam, how are you doing today? What's going on, Kyle? I'm just getting ready for uh, some, some big-time football to get going this weekend. I'm excited. You know what? It was it was nice to have some college football this weekend. Yeah. But I'm just I'm really pumped because 
we, you know, we've seen with college football how the opening week of college football really wasn't what it usually is because of right. the teams that aren't playing. Whereas with the NFL, we're going to have everybody. It's not going to be that the, you know, the Patriots or the, or the Buccaneers, you know, they're sitting out because their divisions aren't wanting to play. Like we're getting, we're getting all 32 teams, which is going to be awesome to see, you know, this opening weekend. I'm just, I'm excited to see all the teams play, but I'm also intrigued in seeing how things play out because we haven't really seen, you know, a non-bubble environment with these major sports leagues other than Major League Baseball, and they've had some hiccups along the way. So I'm intrigued to see how the NFL kind of, you know, flows through this first week of the season and seeing how, uh, you know, things go with COVID-19. I am super optimistic, uh, and I think that's maybe because my hope for a for a complete football season is – you know, it was very high. I, I really want it to happen, but I'm optimistic. It seems like just based off of all of the, the data that they do share with, you know, who, how many positive tests they've had between players and personnel, the numbers are pretty low, you know, all things considered, they're, they're pretty darn low. Uh, going into the week of Labor Day, there was one player, you know, with a positive test, and I think seven staff members. So it's like the, the big question is now is how will they be able to, to you know, maintain that? Is it going to get worse now that teams start to travel? And that, you know, now that they're outside of a camp type environment, you know, players are all living at home again. They, they are going to be traveling to the practice facility instead of everyone kind of staying at the same uh, hotel or something like that. So there, there's going to be some obvious, obviously different, some uh, changes going forward as the season now begins. So hopefully uh, they're able to continue to, maintain the control that they've established with with health and safety so that they can continue to move forward without much of a hitch yeah and it'll be interesting because there are a number of players that have opted out of the season local guy Mm -hmm. star lotulele uh on the buffalo bills he's not going to be playing this season you know a number of other players across the league aren't playing so it'll be a little different than a normal season but i think that the nfl like you mentioned has done a good job thus far you know, leading up to these games where I feel like, you know, other leagues have taken a lot of, you know, uh, step backs or, you know, other routes to where they're finishing seasons off or beginning seasons. But the NFL has been the one to me that's tried to stay as close to normal as possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, how that kind of goes through this opening weekend. And if, if things can continue to be status quo moving throughout the 17 week season, because if the NFL can pull it off, that, that bodes well for these other leagues, you know, in 2021 to, you know, everybody's kind of taking a little bit from each other and looking and seeing what other leagues are doing well and aren't doing so well and trying to adapt and make things so that, you know, we can get back to some sort of normalcy uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, I'm, I'm excited today, Sam, I wanted to talk with you about some of these players. Obviously we have some local guys that that have made rosters, uh, you know, made practice squads, other guys that are still looking for new teams. But I wanted to talk about, you know, what we kind of expect from some of those guys. And we'll do that Mm -hmm. in a little bit. But I also wanted to get your input because you've covered the league now for a number of years. You've you've covered Mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos um, and, and you've really got a good pulse on, you know, how things are in the NFL. So I wanted to get your takes on how you thought things were going to play out uh, as far as, you know, awards. It's, it's fun with the preseason without any games in front or with all the games in front of us, without anything being played thus far to be able to say, 
hey, I think so-and-so is going to be the MVP this year, uh, almost doing, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a, a game where we're saying, you know, hey, 17 weeks from now, I think that these guys are going to be the postseason. Uh, these guys are going to win the Super Bowl. I, I like that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to get your takes on that. So yeah. uh, I, wanted, I want to start off. We're going to go big here to begin with, and we're going to go with MVP right off the bat. And uh, I have, uh, personally, I'll go first, and then I'll get your take. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, personally. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to go against Patrick Mahomes. Last year, obviously, didn't win the award. Lamar Jackson won it, uh, but he won it the previous year. And we saw that, you know, he was hurt last year. And so that kind of, you know, bumped his season, you know, a little bit of a roller coaster there before the postseason. But when he was healthy back in the postseason, you saw what the Chiefs were able to do. They had a bunch of comeback wins and ended up winning it all. So I think that if he can stay healthy again this year, I think Patrick Mahomes is my MVP. What do you say? Uh, I like that pick. Um, so you know, just, just to uh, kind of lead into my pick here, I think of all the sports – Picking and uh, predicting the NFL is one of the more difficult just because it feels like it, especially when it comes to, you know, teams, because it feels like it's the most uh, even, I guess, of all the major sports in America. Almost any team could emerge and have a good year. And if that happens, the player on that team is going to be thrust in the spotlight for individual awards. So for MVP, I do like Patrick Mahomes to be in the running there. Obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to be a strong contender again. Uh, this season. I think Lamar Jackson's name is going to float around there again because of the numbers that he's able to put up. But the I'll throw a few names at you of who I think people should definitely be keeping an eye on for the award, and then I'll tell you who I pick. So um, Michael Thomas uh, for the Saints last year, 1,700 yards last year, was the seventh best season in NFL history for a wide receiver. If he repeats that, you do back-to-back seasons like that, I think he's going to be a top three candidate for that. Uh, Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. If the Bills win that division now, that Woo, no longer surprise has – there. I think, I think his name could emerge as well. These are just names I'm, I'm putting out there, right? Tom Brady. He's going to a Tampa Bay team that's 7-9. If that 7-9 team suddenly wins 11 or 12 games and is in the playoffs, right. clearly Tom Brady made a difference, right? And, and so his name's going to float around for NFL MVP as well. My pick – I'm going to go off the board a little bit, though. Even though I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be right there, I'm going to go. Out, I'm going to reach a little here. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans, and this is why they're a team that went to the playoffs last year, had ten wins, but I think they, they, for him to win it, they have to take a step forward. I think they do take a step forward, and what I mean by that, they have to, they, they have to win the division, and I think they have to finish uh, with a first round bias, so maybe like second in the, in the AFC, and I think the Texans are ripe to make that kind of move this year. I think Deshaun Watson is one of those players that has the capability to, to kind of put a team on his shoulders and just electrify uh, fans with his offensive abilities and his versatility as well. So that's kind of, it's kind of a sleeper pick, but that's what I'm going with for MVP this year. Yeah, that's really interesting that you bring him up because I think that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's also losing his top weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, who got yes. traded to the Arizona Cardinals. So you're expecting guys like Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller to step up mm-hmm. and really kind of take upon that mantle because DeAndre Hopkins, if he's not the best wide receiver in the NFL, he's one of the best five, six. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's up there and he's super consistent when he's healthy. So I, I do think that that's an interesting pick. I, I like that it's a sleeper pick because, yeah. like my pick, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 
a lot of people are picking him to be the MVP of the league because of what he was able to do last season, you know, winning Super Bowl MVP, winning the the Super Bowl overall. But uh, I do like Deshaun Watson there. Um, Who do you have uh, going, you know, it is interesting. You you mentioned Michael Thomas uh, Mm -hmm. there in that MVP mix, but you've got these, these defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year awards as well. Right. um, Which is kind of interesting because I, I would also say, you know, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, if he's the MVP, I would probably pick him to be offensive MVP as well, or offensive player of the year as well. Do you have mm-hmm. where Deshaun Watson would be offensive player of the year as well, or do you have another pick for that? No, I don't. So this is, I, I kind of am one to, and I'm, I'm, you know, my opinion is probably a common one. I'm not sure, but I believe the offensive player of the year is the guy that's going to put up like the Madden, like video game numbers and just have a huge year, no matter what his team does. Um, Michael Thomas, I believe, won it last year. If I remember right, was Offensive Player of the Year uh, with did, with that yeah. huge year that he had. But but so for me, um, you know, Michael Thomas, uh, Lamar Jackson, um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he'll be in the mix there. But these are guys that are just going to have ridiculous offensive numbers. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey as Offensive Player of the Year this year in the NFL. I think uh, he's going to have a big year. Obviously, he's got the big contract uh, with Carolina. I don't know that Carolina is going to be a great team. But with Christian McCaffrey's ability to do so much uh, offensively, I think he's going to be pretty much doing almost all of it <laughs> offensively for Carolina, you know, whether he, whether he's catching balls out of the backfield or running it. So I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year. You stole my pick there, Sam. I had Christian McCaffrey <laughs> as Offensive Player of the Year. And uh, because you stole him, I'm going to switch mine up a little bit here. And go this one, it. he might be a little bit of a dark horse for it. But I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a great year for the Saints. I think that he didn't have the year last year that he would have wanted or the Saints would have wanted. Um, There's been a little bit of a training camp contract dispute, whether or not he was holding out or holding out here in the last week or two. And uh, he's back in camp, uh, you know, back practicing before the opener for the Saints. I just think that he's so vital to their success. You saw last season they didn't have Mark Ingram anymore who went to Baltimore and he really, you know, had that false spotlight on him at the running back position. But the Saints are super talented. And so, you know, to be able to have a, a wide out like Michael Thomas, um, really, you know, the Saints offense is so versatile. But I think that Alvin Kamara, he's he's one of those kind of players that, you know, like Christian McCaffrey is so versatile. And he's also just so, you know, impactful out of the backfield catching the ball and so I'm expecting him to have a big year this year I I expect Drew Brees to kind of go all out I expect it to be his last season so uh, I I expect big things from from the Saints and so I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara there Um, moving over to the defensive side of things you've got a number of guys who are really impactful defensive guys but this this award I feel like is you know even more tricky than the offensive side of things because You've got the the Madden like numbers, like you talked about, where you say, "Oh, this guy's got you know X amount of touchdowns, X amount mm-hmm. of yards." Um, unless a guy just jumps off the page, almost like Chase Young did for college football last year with Ohio State, just you know was a sack machine, was always in the backfield. Unless you have a guy like that, I feel like the defensive side of things is really hard to project. But I'm going to go with Nick Bosa, who won the the defensive rookie of the year last year. I just think that. You know, he came into the league and he was just he was a ready pro on what on day one, right? He was he was ready from the jump, and uh, I expect big things from him in his second year. What do you, what do you think for defensive player of the year? That's a, that's a really good pick. Um, 
Yeah, I, I totally expect Nick Bosa to be just a menace <laughs> for years to come on the defensive side of the ball. And, and you're right, he came in immediately, made that impact, and, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Um, I, I'm not saying this is my pick, but I, I like throwing some names out there to keep an eye on. <laughs> Maybe it means I'm covering my bases a little more. Um, but uh, so, and obviously I'm going to be a little more tuned into what's happening on the other side of the Rockies uh, in Denver. But I think, uh, I think this could be a year, and I know he's getting older, but I think this could be a year lined up for Vaughn Miller to kind of reemerge, break out again uh, with the Denver Broncos. And the reason why I think that, as far as a pass rusher goes, to get back to that, you know, 13, 14, 15 sack range this season. Um, I think the reason why is because, you know, if Bradley Chubb is healthy uh, blitzing on the opposite side of him. And then they've, ad- they've added Jarrell Casey to the defensive front in the line. And he puts so much pressure up the, fr- up the middle. Um, there's no doubt he's going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback get there as well. I just think having all those different options going at the quarterback helps free things up a little bit more for Vaughn. But the guy that I'm going to actually pick with, and even though we were talking about Madden-like numbers and stuff like this, again, I agree with you that it's not always easy to, to point like big statistical numbers to great defensive players, especially defensive backs, because if you're a really good defensive back, quarterbacks aren't necessarily going to throw your way. But I like Marcus Peters, okay? The, the, he is between two teams last year, the, the Rams and the Ravens, you know, obviously he was great with the Chiefs. Between the Rams and Ravens last year, he had five interceptions and returned three of them for touchdowns. <laughs> and uh, that's five picks, and, you know, 12 passes defense, and they're throwing to him less and less and less and less because of uh, what, what he does as a defensive back. I, again, I, I kind of like to go off the, you know, off the beaten path with some of these picks. And I think Marcus Peters is one of those guys, especially if Baltimore is a top two team in the AFC again you have to recognize what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, he was, he was super vital for that team and it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens do, because I feel like there's going to be a little bit more of a spotlight on that team this year with the success mm-hmm. they had last year, not only offensively with Malar, uh, with Lamar Jackson, obviously, but their defense was super good as well. Um, another pick that I, you know, we're just kind of throwing names out there for defense player of the year. Another guy that I think could potentially sneak up and win this award, and a lot of people like J.J. Watt, but I'm, I'm a big fan of his younger brother. And I think that yes. you know, T.J. Watt for the Steelers, a, he, he came on really strong last year, and I think that he might be in the running for that mix uh, for Defensive Player of the Year this next season. Um, rookie of the Year is an interesting one because you've got the guys who are obviously, you know, the top two, three picks in the league uh, in the NFL draft, and you know, you've got Joe Burrow, who is the number one pick for the Bengals, obviously won the Heisman last year. Uh, you've got Chase Young with Washington, um, who's, mm-hmm. you know, looks like he's just going to be an impact guy on day one. Um, there's a number of these guys in the first round that I think could be, you know, in the mix there for rookie of the year. Who do you have taking that award home at the end of the season? So, yeah, rookie, rookie of the year, is, it's, so, it's really hard. to. So I don't know how to. Let me restart. It's really hard, I think, sometimes in the NFL to, to pinpoint, okay, this college star is going to be a great NFL player. I, scouts all the time um, will say one thing about a, a, a college player, and then once they hit the NFL, you know, it, it's, it's a totally different story. But that's just because, uh, you know, it's obviously a different league. It's a different level. And so I think picking rookie of the year can sometimes be one of the most difficult things to do. However, 
Um, Chase Young, I, I agree. He's the guy's going to be great uh, in the, in the NFL. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, he's going to get to the quarterback and, and make plays. Clyde Edwards-Alaire in r- running back for Kansas City. I don't think a running back is going to win uh, rookie of the year, but I think he may be the be the best rookie running back this season, especially with Damian Williams opting out uh, for Kansas City. He's going to be looked to 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 do things offensively that maybe initially when he was drafted, he wasn't expected to do. There's so many good wide receivers out of college coming into the NFL. I would expect many of them to have an impact, you know, maybe CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy. Uh, My rookie of the year pick though is going to be none other than the linebacker at Arizona, Isaiah Simmons. I I thought he was one of the best all around players going into the draft. He can rush to the passer. He can drop back into coverage. He can stop the ball ball carrier in the tracks um, I think he's going to have an, an all-around impact, um, you know, maybe not leap off the board in any single statistical category, but kind of fill up all of the statistical categories evenly across the board, you know, uh, three or four picks this year, five or six uh, sacks, uh, you know, maybe a defensive touchdown even along the way. I think he's going to have a big impact here. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on there. Uh, I think that, the, you know, the rookie of the year is interesting because obviously they've got the offensive side, defensive side of things as well. I kind of just, you know, threw it out the, to you as one player um, because I do think Chase Young's probably up there for defensive player of the or rookie of the year. Uh, I think the offensive side of things is interesting with Isaiah Simmons as well. Um, you saw what he, he was able to do at Clemson. I mean, he was just a beast, right? But mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, interesting part about this rookie class to me is there's a number of guys that I feel could pop off and just be that guy. Uh, a dark horse for me, um, and I'm a little bit partial to this because I'm a Colts fan, but I think that Jonathan Taylor, you know, what he was able to do at Wisconsin and the fact that the Colts are looking at, you know, potentially moving on from Marlon Mack uh, after this mm-hmm. season as their starting running back. I think that he could step in and, and just be a, you know, a, a starting running back for the Colts day one. Um, you know, he could be one of those guys that, you know, puts up a thousand yards in his rookie year, gets, you know, 10, 12 touchdowns. Um, that wouldn't be crazy to me, but the interesting one that I think is Tua Tagovailoa with the Miami Dolphins, because he's not the starting quarterback week one, they're going right. to start Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Throughout camp, Ryan Fitzpatrick was saying, you know, I, I understand what position I'm in. I'm, I'm not the guy long-term, you know, he's in mm-hmm. his late thirties now, uh, mid to late thirties. And he, he knows that he's there to mentor Tua and be able to lead him along. And so whether or not, you know, Tua comes in and starts week two or week eight, week 15, you know, the Dolphins know kind of what path they're going down now. And the fact that Tua was healthy in camp, I think that that bodes well for him to step in sooner rather than later. And so I'm going to say Tua Tagovailoa is my rookie of the year for the offensive side of things. Um, interesting thing is is coach of the year as well uh, because you've got guys like, you know, I feel like the, the winning coaches are always – expected to win again the following season right so you expect Andy Reid to lead the Chiefs to you know a deep playoff run again it's almost like the NBA right like Nick Nurse won the the MB or uh, won the NBA finals right in his first year as head coach of the Raptors and now his second year they did well again lost Kawhi Leonard but you know they did well and so he ended up winning coach of the year I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out I think that there's going to be a dark horse candidate uh for you know coach of the year because You've got a team in the Steelers last year who just was a mess offensively once they lost Big Ben, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. they went through a quarterback carousel. Uh, wasn't really 
you know, the same team that we've seen, uh, you know, in seasons past, they, they don't have Antonio Brown anymore. I'm interested to see how the Steelers piece things together because I think that they have a good group there. Uh, I think that Big Ben, now that he's healthy, uh, you know, doesn't have pain in that elbow. You've got a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just a really talented wide out. Uh, and then you got Connor as the as your running back, who's you know a superb running back in my opinion. I think that the the Steelers are going to make a case for that division. I don't think that they're going to beat the Ravens for that division, but I think that they're going to make it a, a good race. And so I'm going to pick Mike Tomlin leading the Steelers back to the playoffs in the wild card, though. And so I'm going to go with him as my coach of the year. Who do you have? That's a good pick. I've uh, I had a hard time with this one because there's a couple of coaches that I'm kind of going back and forth between one of which is uh, your one and only Frank Reich of the Colts. I think, you know, obviously you go out and, um, and you add Phillip Rivers and you add a good, uh, you know, running back in the draft with Jonathan Taylor, as you mentioned. And um, it's a team that was, you know, two wins away, uh, a win, win or two away from getting into the playoffs last year. I can't remember what Tennessee's, Tennessee was nine and seven, I think. So they're about two wins away from Tennessee last year, getting into the playoffs. I think I've as much hype as there is behind Tennessee being better than they were last year with Tannehill, with Derrick Henry and everything. I think they could easily slip too. And I think Indianapolis could move up into one of the, uh, one of those wild card spots or even contend for the division with Houston. Um, if that's the case, Frank Reich, I think you have to consider him as um as the coach of the year. Um, I think Bill Belichick's name is going to float out there if he's able to somehow get the Patriots. I know they've got Cam Newton. They still have a good quarterback. But if he's able to get the Patriots uh, right into the playoffs and in contention, his name's going to float out there. Uh, potentially Vic Fangio for the Broncos, Sean McDermott at the Bills. But my pick is going to – I am going to stick with Frank Reich and, and the Colts head coach as coach of the year. I think that's a good pick because, you know, if they can – you know, bring in a guy like Philip Rivers, uh, who's, you know, just been a model of consistency really with the Los Angeles Chargers um, or his time with the Chargers organization before they were mm-hmm. in LA. Right. I mean, he's, he was there for a number of years and he was just, you know, able to lead them. Not that they, you know, won anything major, but he was able to get them to be a consistent winning football team. Um, if he can take that next step with some of the talent that's around him in Indianapolis and the fact that Frank Reich has worked with Phillip in the past, uh, their offensive coordinator has also worked with Phillip Rivers in the past. Uh, I think that that's an interesting pick as well. I mean, I hope you're right because as a fan of the Colts, <laughs> that, that pleases me, Sam. But uh, I, I wanted to also, you know, we, we talked about a number of these awards here. I wanted to kind of zero in on some of the local guys and kind of modify these awards to, yeah. you know, I don't think that any of these local guys – are going to be up for, you know, MVP, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe who knows, but I think that, <laughs> you know, some of these guys, uh, you know, are really talented football players out of the state of Utah, um, out of these colleges and also out of high school um, who played elsewhere in college. But some of these local guys are, are poised for having big years, um, having good rookie campaigns and also, you know, potentially having breakout seasons as well. Um, so I wanted to talk about MVP, uh, rookie of the year, breakout player, and comeback player of the year for uh, some local guys. My local pick for MVP is none other than Bobby Wagner, who last season became the Seattle Seahawks all-time leading tackler. Um, you know, the the Seahawks, that legion of boom, right, kind of went away uh, over the last mm-hmm. few seasons. But I think that 
you know, their offensive side of things, Russell Wilson's, you know, a great quarterback, but their defense, if their defense can step up, I could see them being back in, in the NFC championship game. I really could. And I think that Bobby Wagner is the leader of that defense and, you know, him along with Russell Wilson are the leaders of that team. And, you know, if he's, if he can stay healthy this season, which he has been healthy throughout the majority of his career, I think that Bobby Wagner, you know, puts them into a spot where, you know, they're, they're competing for a championship again, because he's super talented. Um, We've seen what he's been able to do, you know, throughout his career and just being a model of consistency. But I I think that Bobby Wagner can have a big season this year. He's my MVP. Who do you have for your local MVP, Sam? That's a good one, uh, Bobby Wagner. Uh, But I am going a little, I'm going to stick in the division, stick with that position but I'm going to go with Fred Warner. Uh, I think the guy is an absolute NFL star now. Uh, after his season last year as a starter with the Niners, 107 tackles. Um, he was one of those guys that kind of filled it up across the stat sheet as well. Had three sacks, three forced fumbles, uh, nine passes defense. He had a pick six last year uh, for the first time in his career. Uh, Fred Warner, I think, is just going to – I think he's kind of the next – Bobby Wagner, so to speak, in the NFL. Um, he's going to be one of those all-pro linebackers in years to come. And so Fred Warner, for me, is going to be the local MVP this year. That's, an, that's a great pick because, you know, the, the NFL this summer, they came out with their NFL top 100 players. And Bobby Wagner was obviously on their, um, you know, top mm-hmm. 15 guy. But Fred Warner made it for the first season. Uh, you know, I think that he's really coming into his own and, um, George Kittle throughout training camp was talking about the impact that Fred Warner's had on that defense and how he's, he's becoming the leader of that defense. So I like that pick there. Um, as far as offensive uh, defensive rookie of the year, we're just going to merge that again here uh, with rookie of the year, but there mm-hmm. were a number of draft picks out of the state of Utah. Um, the university of Utah in particular, put a number of guys into the league with the impressive season they had last year, going to the PAC 12 championship game uh, and the Alamo bowl. I think that, you know, there's, there's a few guys here who could be up for rookie of the year. Um, I might take an obvious one. You've been taking some of the dark horses, so <laughs> I'm going to go with the obvious one again. And I think it's going to be Zach Moss with the Buffalo bills. I think mm. that he could potentially be not only the local rookie of the year, but I think that he might be in the competition for offensive rookie of the year for the NFL as a whole. I think that the bills could really lean on him. Um, you know, you mentioned Josh Allen, to be able to have a running back that you can turn the ball to and say, Hey, big fella, you know, you go get me, you know, first down here, you know, help balance our offense out where if the bills can rely on Zach Moss to, you know, help their running back or their running game stay really steady. And, you know, he was a model of consistency. And I know I've used that term a number of times now, but you know, Zach Moss was so consistent throughout his Utah career, obviously left the school as the all time leading rusher, but Mm -hmm. you know, Last season, they relied so heavily on Zach Moss that a guy like Tyler Huntley was able to be super efficient because the passing game was opened up because everybody was worried about Zach Moss. If he can do that for the Buffalo Bills, I think that he could have a lot of success here in in his first season. Who do you have as your rookie of the year? I'm excited for Zach Moss and his rookie season in the NFL. I think he's going to be very good. I do not think he's going to be the best local rookie coming up here in the the season of 2020, although – he might make a little more noise as an offensive player, score more touchdowns. Um, We had a lot of really good defensive backs drafted this year. 
Jalen Johnson, I think, is one of the obvious ones. You know, he's going to start most, if not all, of the games for the Bears this year. Um, uh, you know, he's probably going to get picked on early by a lot of opposing quarterbacks because he is a rookie. I think that just gives him more opportunities to make plays, and I think he will make, make some plays. However, there's something about Terrell Burgess that I really like. When, he, when they were going into the draft, Terrell Burgess just kept standing out when I was looking at – uh, what people were saying about him, what they thought of him in his workouts, um, uh, of his tape and things like that. It just seemed like he was spoken so highly of by multiple teams going into the draft. The Rams took him. I think Terrell Burgess will end up being our local rookie of the year. He's going to be used. He's not going to start a ton, uh, if, if at all, because he's going to provide a little more depth at safety. But you're going to see him in there a lot because he's going to be in there in those nickel situations probably more often or in the dime situations. They may even – may even bring him in for a speed backer in certain situations, you know, to press the receiver at the line. I think his versatility will end up getting him more playing time this year than you might anticipate. And as a result, I think he will uh, turn some heads. I think he will make some big plays. I think Terrell Burgess will be our top local rookie in 2020. Sticking with some, some young guys, uh, moving on to breakout player. Uh, I made up this award. Uh, I think I like it. it. It's interesting because there's, been a lot of guys drafted you know out of the state of utah here in the last five years and one of the guys that you know you know may have not had the best rookie campaign last season also kind of put into a tough situation but i think will come on strong in his sophomore campaign in the nfl um, and i think it's going to be because of a change in culture uh you know the cleveland browns have a new head coach uh, offensive guy that is in Kevin Stefanski, but I think that a cultural change was needed in, in the Cleveland organization. And I'm interested to see how they kind of bounce back because they had a lot of expectations going into last season. And Sione Takitaki was drafted out of BYU last season by the Browns and, you know, played a little bit here and there, but he's listed as the Browns starting running or start one of their starting linebackers this season mm-hmm. on their depth chart. And so I think that Sione, you know, he was really great for BYU his senior season just racked up a bunch of tackles. And I think that he could be that guy for the Cleveland Browns, almost like a Fred Warner where he's just, you mm-hmm. know, kind of taking over and just getting a bunch of tackles every game, you know, eight, nine, 10 tackles. I, I don't necessarily see him flying around the field like Fred does just because they're a little bit different body type, but I could see him being a leading tackler for the Cleveland Browns this season. So he's going to be my breakout player of the year, Sione Takitaki. Who do you think is going to step out from what they had last season and be that breakout star for the locals this year? Oh, oh, oh. I had Sione Takitaki as well um, as the player to go with. I I mean, he had one start last year, but the former starting middle linebacker, Joe Schobert's gone now. Uh, the window's wide open for him, and I agree with with everything you said about him. So I will make a, a I'll call an audible here real quick, and my breakout player outside of Sione Takitaki, I'm going to go with Darwin Thompson, the former Utah State Aggie running back for the Kansas City Chiefs with Damian Williams opting out in Kansas City. I mean, he's still going to have to fight for his reps, but I think the window is more open now than it has ever been before for Darwin Thompson to make plays on the Chiefs offense that is – clearly an electric offense. So I think the opportunities will be there for him. And I think he will be able to capitalize. Comeback player of the year, Sam, uh, this one, I think might be who ends up winning it just overall in the NFL. And it may not be because he's playing a ton, but I think it's just going to be because of the story. And that's Alex Smith. Uh, we Mm -hmm. saw the documentary project 11, 
uh, on ESPN. We saw the the brutal injury a couple of seasons ago in 2018, where you know there was question whether or not Alex would lose his leg. Uh, you know if he'd be able to walk again. There were a number of surgeries, I think 17 in total, that he went mm-hmm. through throughout this process. A flesh eating bacteria. You know, just all of these hurdles that he's overcome, and I think that that speaks to you know, who Alex Smith is as a person, the support system and family that he has around him, but also the fact that the Washington organization, you know, the Washington football team, you know, bringing in a new head coach and Ron Rivera, a defensive guy, it would have been easy for them to, you know, say, Hey, we've got, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins, we've got Kyle Allen. We don't need a third quarterback. Like they haven't Mm -hmm. had a third quarterback in seasons past, you know, to be able to just say, Hey, we're going to keep, Adrian Peterson instead of Alex Smith and we'll cut him but they they cut Adrian Peterson and they kept Alex Smith who's making you know quite a bit of money this season and I think Mm -hmm. that that speaks to him and maybe you know not him playing you know as the third string quarterback to start the season playing a ton but to be a coach on the field or on the sidelines for these guys to you know be a veteran leader I think that Alex Smith is going to be the comeback player of the year, you know, probably for the NFL, but he's also my local guy. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's your comeback player of the year as well, but do you have a different guy as comeback player of the year, Sam? No, 100%. It is Alex Smith. Just the fact that he made the 53 man roster in Washington after, you know, after it just being a big question mark, didn't even know if he was, you know, he gets cleared to return to practice and you're like, wow. That's big time. And then he makes the roster. That's even more big time. And yeah, he may be the third string quarterback, but I'll tell you what, um, when, when I was at the Alamo bowl this past January uh, on new year's, new year's Eve um, with, you know, the Utes in their game against Texas, Alex Smith was there as one of the honorary captains. And so I saw him down there on the sidelines, he's walking around with his wife. He had had a little bit of that limp, but he just looked genuinely from my perspective, he just looked happy, really happy. And it's like, hey, you know, things are good for Alex Smith. And then you see that documentary come out and you're like, holy cow. No wonder he's so happy. You know, things are, (laughs) life is good. It's just good to be alive and to have, uh, I guess, some of the blessings that he has in life. And now he can add uh, that the continuation of his NFL career is going to to happen this season. And I would argue that even though he's third, and, and you mentioned it, Kyle, that having him on the roster is almost like having another coach. It brings in a lot of knowledge and experience to that quarterback room. I would argue that whatever success Dwayne Haskins has this year as a starting quarterback, and if Kyle Allen gets in for some reps and starts, whatever success he has as well, you could attribute a lot of that to Alex Smith and his presence in that quarterback room. So, yes, Alex Smith is, without a doubt, the comeback player of the year. I don't want to take too much of your time, Sam, but I think that we also need to make some picks here about the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, I think that everybody likes projecting who they think yeah. is going to make it to that big game in February. And I think that, you know, there, there's obviously some favorites out there. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to break it down first before we get to our Super Bowl pick and who we think is going to win that game. I want to see who's going to make that game first. Who do you think is going to come out of the NFC? And then who do you think is going to come out of the AFC, Sam? So, man, so these picks were these picks were tricky ones. These are the tough ones. This is what I was talking about at the beginning of the segment. How it's it's just hard year in and year out to always make these predictions in the NFL because I think uh, things are pretty even. But at the same time, uh, there's something to be said about consistency uh, from the coaching and and players with certain teams. And I think the New Orleans Saints have demonstrated that over the past three seasons, three straight division titles. They're 
they're one of the most, if not probably the most consistent team over that stretch in, in the NFC. And with Drew Brees coming back and you mentioned Alvin Kamara, how good he is. I've been, you know, praising uh, Michael Thomas as well. Uh, that team is just really good. And I think, I think this year they get over that hump and get back into the Super Bowl. I think that it's interesting because, you know, that division alone is kind of interesting because you've got uh, the Saints, you've got the Falcons mm-hmm. who were, were in the Super Bowl a few years ago, have had some down years since then. But then you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who I think a lot of people are going to pick Tom Brady just because he's won six Super Bowls, right? And so he's right. easy to pick. But then also the Carolina Panthers, I'm interested to see how that offensive you know, turnaround kind of comes about because they've got a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. They've got, you know, a new offensive system coming out of LSU and uh, obviously, you know, went to the national championship game and won it in college, uh, their offensive coordinator. So I, I think that that's interesting. Um, as far as the NFC is concerned, there's a number of picks out of that division that you could go with. You've also got the 49ers who, you know, it's, it's difficult. Right. We've seen to make it back to the Super Bowl, but, you know, they, they didn't lose a ton. Um, you know, they lost a guy in DeForest Buckner to the Colts, which I think that might hurt them. Um, but I think that, you know, the Seahawks could come out of that division. Um, I think that the, the interesting one, and this is where I was torn because I, I came down to two teams. I, I like a lot of those teams that we just mentioned, but for the NFC, I could either go with the, the Green Bay Packers. I just I like Aaron Rodgers, and I, I think that he's, he's tough to pick against. But my sleeper pick that I, I just decided to not go with the Packers, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. They went 8-8 eight eight last year, but I just I like Dak Prescott. I, I like him, you know, fighting for a new contract. I like, you know, proving his worth. He's been kind of slept on throughout his whole, you know, college years, and then he's been fighting for that that contract throughout his NFL career so far. Um, you know, they they made it uh, deep in the postseason a couple of seasons ago. We're close to the Super Bowl uh, two years ago, that is, uh, and I think that it, it's interesting because you know you've got a guy like Ezekiel who's locked up now. He doesn't have to worry about money. He's just a beast of a running back. They made that trade for. Amari Cooper, I'm interested to see if he can just be that guy for Dallas, if he can be the the number one guy that they they expect him to be. Um, and Dak Prescott, I just I'm I'm a big fan of him. And so I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys out of the NFC. Uh as far as the AFC is concerned, Sam, I think it's gonna be really hard to pick against the Kansas City Chiefs. I just do. I think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, if he's healthy and you know the talent around him they got a guy in Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first mm-hmm. round who I just I think is just a super talented guy at running back uh, you got Tyree Kill who's just a burner at wide receiver Travis Kelsey who's an amazing tight end their defense is solid I, I like the Chiefs I just I have a hard time seeing anybody in the AFC that I expect to have them really you know lose to and so I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, what do you think Sam? That's a good pick. Um, and, and what you said before, uh, just a few moments ago, about how difficult it is in the NFL to get back to the Super Bowl, there's still these pockets, these little pockets of two or three years uh, outside of the Patriots dynasty where, okay, the team is in that pocket where they have a chance to get to the Super Bowl each of those seasons. And, and I think the Chiefs are at the beginning of that pocket. They started it last year. So yes, again, I, I, I agree with you on that. Out of the AFC, I think, I think Baltimore could be 
a, a tough opponent again, but I, I honestly don't see Baltimore winning 14 games again in the regular season, let alone having uh, a, a strong run in the playoffs as well. The Chiefs are just so good on both sides of the ball. They're a very well-coached team with Andy Reid. Um, Patrick Mahomes could be, and even though I just said what I said about having these little pockets of three and four years, uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City could be at the beginning of starting one of those similar runs uh, of uh, over a long period of time that Tom Brady had with the Patriots here, you know. They're that good, they're that young, and they're that well coached. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs as well to return to the Super Bowl. All right, Sam. So you've got the Chiefs and you've got the Saints. Who are you picking? You're picking the repeat? I'm not picking the repeat. Woo! <laughs> I'm going I like with it. the uh, – I'm going with the Saints because as hard as it is to get to two and to get to two Super Bowls in a row, it's even that much harder to win two in a row. There's not that many teams that can claim they've done that before. And so, uh, although the Chiefs have a good shot at doing that, I think the Saints are going to do it. Breeze gets his second ring. He walks off into the sunset into retirement after that ring, realizing, you know what, it's not going to get much better than this. He can join John Elway and Peyton Manning as the only other quarterbacks to uh, call it a day after winning a Super Bowl. Uh, as far as starting and, and you know winning a Super Bowl, um, so there you go. I think I think uh, I think Drew Brees and the Saints win the. Super I like Bowl. it. I like that pick. I think that there's a lot of talent there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen at all. Uh, unfortunately, I think that you know for your pick, it's gonna it's gonna be the Chiefs. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs to repeat. I just I I'm such a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. The fact that mm-hmm. you know they've they've got him locked up now. They've got Andy Reid locked up. There's not contract disputes there they're not fighting for anything they they've paid their guys they've got such young talent around that team both offensively and defensively like we've talked about here for a number of minutes I just I like the Chiefs I think that there's the the only there are really only a few teams that I think can knock them off and prevent them from repeating as a championship and I, I expect that dynasty to really kind of come into fruition this season with the Chiefs picking up their second Super Bowl in a row um Sam, before I let you go, uh, mm-hmm. I know I've taken a bunch of your time today, but I no want to thoughts on some of these local teams, uh, regional teams. Obviously, we don't have a, a team here in the state of Utah, but we've got some teams nearby. We've got the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Cardinals near nearer to the state of Utah. A lot of fans here in the state of those teams. Um, obviously, you covered the Broncos as well in the Denver market. So I want to get your take on those three teams. Um, if you want to throw out a record – great if you don't uh mm-hmm. that's fine as well but i'd like to get your take on each of these teams kind of where they were in 2019 what do you expect from them in 2020 if it's a postseason run if it's you know kind of just an improvement from last season uh, a lot of young talent on these three teams what do you see from the broncos raiders and cardinals in 2020 yeah there is there there's a ton of young talent um i like the addition of a. Uh, I'll throw it in a local name too of, of Lecky Foto on the Cardinals uh, defense. I think he's going to be a solid player for that team. Um, uh, Arizona, I still, there's something about, even though they've got the young talent, the young uh, great coach, there's something about that team that I still feel like they, they've got, uh, you know, a few pieces and a few years before they can maybe really contend because the Niners aren't going anywhere. I still think Seattle is going to be strong for a long time. They're in a tough division with the Rams as well, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to, uh, to flip things around. It's not going to be this year though. In the AFC West with the Raiders and Broncos, uh, man, they've got several years ahead of them where they're going to be looking up at the, (laughs) 
at the backs of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be so hard. I think the Broncos are really close. I think they're getting really close to being that perennial playoff team again uh, with, the, with the pieces they've added. Um, you know, Drew Locke, I think, is going to be a solid NFL quarterback. But the thing is, is with the situation they're in this division right now, the Broncos could go win nine or ten games this year and get into the playoffs. It's not really going to matter because they still have the Chiefs. They could be a 10-11 win season, 11 win per season team for the next five or six years and never win a division title. I think that's how good the chiefs are going to be over the next half decade or so. And so the, if you're a Broncos fan, I, I would be excited. I think they are headed in the right direction. Finally, once again, I think they've added some good pieces uh, through free agency on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've added solid pieces in the draft on the offensive side of the ball that you can build around. I think Vic Fangio is going to be a good coach. He's got the respect of his players, um, it's just going to be really hard in that division for the next half decade or more with the Chiefs and what they're doing. But uh, and as far as the Raiders go, moving to Las Vegas, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to have a team that's this close to Salt Lake City uh, that people could easily go and see. Or if they're not your team, you hope that your team, like the Broncos, are going to be on their home schedule every single year in Las Vegas. So uh, you, you want to try and get down there. You know, I, I was so looking forward to week two when the Saints were supposed to be in Vegas against the, the Raiders, you know. Uh, I, I mean, they still are, but there's no fans, right? So, um, uh, so that, that was going to be an, an exciting matchup, I thought, for a lot of local fans here. The Raiders, though, there's just something about – I thought they were already going to be taking steps forward that I feel like they just haven't done. And I don't know if you pointed it to John Gruden or what. I don't think Derek Carr uh, is the answer there. I think they've got to figure something else out. So – the Raiders, I think they're still going to be like a third-place team in that division. I like it. I like those projections. Uh, I completely agree with you. Um, I, the, the cool thing about those, those three teams is because they're close by, you know, regionally we take a look at them. But I also like the fact that, you know, there's a number of local guys there that we can kind of look at on Sundays mm-hmm. to, to look at both the Bronco, Broncos Raiders uh, in that division, but also – the Cardinals, you mentioned Lecky Foe too, uh, but there's a number of local guys and we'll have all those guys covered for you this season, uh, football fans uh, here on the Yards After College podcast, but also Sam, you're going to be covering these guys on Sportsbeat. Um, can you tell everybody where, where you can you know, follow you on Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. and then also a little bit about Sportsbeat as well? Certainly. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find me S Farnsworth KSL. Uh, that's where I'm at. I love tweeting about the NFL during the NFL season and our locals as well. Uh, you'll find me on Facebook, Sam Farnsworth KSL there as well. And then on, uh, you know, KSL, uh, television channel five, where we have our sports beat every weekend and every Sunday during the NFL season, you're going to love it. Jeremiah puts together an outstanding segment called locals in the NFL. We track pretty much anything any local player does in a game on, on, uh, every football week. And, and we, flip it around and put it into a segment for you on Sundays on KSL Sportsbeat, which is 10.45 p.m. every Sunday night. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate your insight today. Again, uh, you can follow Sam on Twitter, Facebook, and then on KSL 5 TV. Uh, Sportsbeat, is, uh, you can't miss it. You got to watch it, especially on the weekends here, folks, with these NFL highlights. Uh, the crew there on Sportsbeat doesn't miss when it comes to these local guys and their highlights. So, Sam, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Uh, best of luck this weekend with all these football games, and we'll, we'll catch up again soon. Perfect. Thanks, Kyle.
Welcome back to the Yards After College podcast. I want to say thank you again to Sam Farnsworth. Excellent information from him. I mean, like I said before, and like Sam mentioned there, you know, he spent time in the Denver market covering the Broncos. He knows that team. He knows, you know, the the fan bases that uh, people in Utah care about, you guys care about. And so, you know, stay tuned to Sportsbeat every weekend, um, even throughout the week. But, you know, especially on the weekends, on those Sundays, to be able to get the, the highlights and action from not only, you know, these local players, guys like Taysom Hill, guys like Zach Moss, guys like Jordan Love, you know, these guys that, that you guys care about locally from these colleges and high schools, but, you know, guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, uh, guys, you know, that, that are really just, you know, the storyline players in the NFL that have all that covered for you on Sportsbeat as far as, you know, highlights are concerned, but we'll also have articles up on kslsports.com throughout the NFL weekends, um, you know, not only on Thursday night football, but Sunday night football all throughout Sunday, you know, afternoon, and then also Monday night football. We'll have that covered for you as well. KSL Sports and then KSL Sports on social media. But today I wanted to talk about this opening weekend because I think there's some awesome matchups. I think that we've got a great opener uh, between the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football. Um, that That's just going to be an awesome opener. I mean, you've got the Super Bowl champions, so it should be great in and of itself right there just because you've got the guys that were on top last season. You've got Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes, but on the other side, you've got Deshaun Watson, who Sam mentioned is you know a dark horse for him at least as far as NFL uh, MVP next season. So I think that that's a great matchup. I'm interested to see how the Texans perform without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm excited to see the Chiefs' new running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was their first-round selection in the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, a local guy, Daniel Sorensen for the Chiefs. A guy uh, from Utah State, Darwin Thompson, running back for the Chiefs. Uh, I think that those are some awesome you know, guys to watch for, see what action they get in this matchup, this opening game. You're going to be able to catch that game on KSL TV on Thursday night. And it's going to start at 6.20 p.m. Uh, just tune in to KSL 5. Uh, we'll have the game for you on that channel. Uh, don't miss all the action. Then, you know, we'll have some some write-ups for you on Friday. And then, you know, like I said before, KSL Sportsbeat's going to have that covered for you as well as far as all the highlights are concerned. But on Sunday, there's a number of matchups that I think you're going to want to tune into. You've got the Seattle Seahawks versus the Atlanta Falcons. A number of local players playing in that game. As far as you know, the Seahawks are concerned, you've got guys like Cody Barton, Marquise Blair, a couple of former Utes who are playing in that game. Uh, you've got John Ursua, who's a, a product out of Cedar and Westlake High School. Uh, you've also got Bobby Wagner, obviously an all-time great for the Seahawks. Uh, so that that should be an interesting game as far as you know some local players to look out for. I think that the Seahawks are probably going to come away with a victory there, even though it's a road game. You know, if you got to factor in all of the changes that are being made because of COVID nineteen in this pandemic, um, you know, with fans and whatnot. So uh, Seattle, I would project to win that game. Uh, you've also got the New York Jets and Buffalo Bills. I think that this is going to be an excellent game. Uh, I'm really excited to see you know some of the local players in this game as well. You've got Zach Moss with the Buffalo Bills. I really think that Zach could have an awesome season. 
we've all seen what he was able to do at the University of Utah, but you've got him now in the NFL spotlight. I'm excited to see what he he's able to do. But for the Jets, you've got a guy like Harvey Longy from BYU. Uh, excited to see him uh, with the Jets performing on Sunday. And then you've got the Bears versus the Lions. You've got Jalen Johnson for the Bears in that game. You've got the Green Bay Packers versus the Vikings. Dolphins versus Patriots. Eagles versus the Washington football team. Uh, a number of these games are just awesome on Sunday morning. And then on Sunday afternoon, uh, not to skip over, but I mean, there's a number of games you can check out in the morning. But in the afternoon, you've got you know Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. You've got Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Uh, you've also got the Arizona Cardinals versus the San Francisco 49ers. You've got, you know, the team that lost in the Super Bowl versus Kyler Murray, who was the offensive rookie of the year. And then on Sunday Night Football, you've got the Dallas Cowboys versus the Los Angeles Rams. I think that that'll be an excellent game. I'm interested in seeing a number of the, the local guys in that game. You've got Bradley and I, you've got Terrell Burgess. Uh, that, that should be an awesome game. And then that will that game on Sunday night will be broadcast on KSL as well. Uh, KSL five TV at six twenty PM, uh, Monday night football on, uh, the 14th. That is a double header first, uh, Monday night football games of the season. You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New York giants. And then you've got the Tennessee Titans versus the Denver Broncos, a number of local players in those matchups as well. So, you know, a jam packed week for you. I know we didn't touch over all the games there, uh, but all the teams are playing. So, you know, we're going to have a jam-packed week of football, which is awesome to see, starting off with the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night at 6.20 p.m. on KSL TV. We'll have that all covered for you, not only on TV, but also on kslsports.com. Next week, we're going to come back on the podcast on Tuesday, and we're going to recap it all. We're going to talk about the performances that all these local guys had. We're going to talk about... You know, if Taysom Hill scored a touchdown, if Darwin Thompson scored a touchdown, if Marcus Williams got a pick, I mean, there's a number of local guys that that we're going to have covered for you, and you don't want to miss any of the action here on the Yards After College podcast. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I know it was a long one, but thanks again to Sam Farnsworth for hopping on the podcast, being able to break down some of these predictions, what we think is going to happen this NFL season. Again, we're going to have all of it covered for you. On kslsports.com, you can follow me again on Twitter at Kyle Ireland and at Kyle Ireland KSL. I'll have some stuff for you on social media over the weekend for these games. But until next time, this has been the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com.